What's up, everybody? This is Majet from Diva Girl Tribe, and you're listening to the Diva Girl Radio Podcast, the show that connects, supports, educates, and empowers people who want fun, unique, and diverse experiences in their lives and businesses. Hello, everyone. I am so excited for our guest today. This person just really opened me up and made me a better person since I did her program, her shadow work program. Ladies and some gents who are listening right now, I want you to give a big round of applause wherever you are to Miss Danielle Massey, our shadow queen. Woo-woo, Danielle, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I've been so excited about this for the past few weeks, knowing that it's been coming. Our conversations are always so deep, so I'm sure that we're going to go all in today. I know. I'm so looking forward to it. Um, Danielle, there may be some people, a few people out there who don't know who you are. So please oh enlighten them. I know, right? <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> right? Yeah. So please let them know who you are and where they can connect with you. Of course. So everybody that's totally new to my world, I'm Danielle Massey. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and master shadow worker. I'm not actually a practicing psychotherapist anymore because when I found shadow work, I felt like it was so much deeper and was everything that I hoped that therapy would be. And so that is where I spend my days now, deep in the shadows. I'm also a best-selling author with a new book coming out this September, aptly called Shadow Work. And I host a conference every year in Philadelphia called Selfish Philly. And you can find me on all social media, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, at, at I A M Danielle Massey. Trying to make it super simple. And my website's exactly the same too. So you can find me everywhere at exactly the same thing. I am Danielle Massey. Amazing. Um, and uh, like what I said earlier, um, I got introduced to shadow work by, you know, I consider Danielle as a colleague, right? We were in the same field, mental health therapist. However, you know, like I, I believe in all that, right? I still practice that, but she opened up my world to shadow work. And I did her program back in 2020 during the height of the pandemic, you know, um, everything that was going on around the world. Um, and uh, I jumped into her program. It, it was six weeks, right? Or 12 weeks. I forget how it was, long it was. I think it was eight weeks when you did it. I think you were yeah. in one of the first groups that I expanded. It I was out. in the second group. Was, yeah, I was in the yeah. second cohort. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, so, it was really cool. Your group was awesome. I remember that group so well. It was an amazing group of women. And I think at the height of the pandemic, I wasn't sure how things were going to go, but everybody was so ready for this deep, yeah. transformative stuff. So it was powerful. Yeah. And it was such a, um, it it made such a huge difference in my life. It opened me up to something that um, I knew I was ready at that time, but it was something that I had been looking for, for many years, right? I've traveled the world, I've done volunteer work, and then there was something missing until I stumbled upon shadow work. And, you know, and so I'm not going to give away everything. So Danielle, you know, you hear shadow work, people hear shadow work and they're like, what inspires you to do that? You know, why do you do what you do? It sounds ominous, doesn't it? Shadow work. (laughs) (laughs) The thing that inspires me to do it is the depths of healing. When I became a therapist, I really wanted to get deep with people. I wanted to go into the darkest corners of their mind and be like, just shed it. Let it all out. Let me hold that for you so you're not holding it by yourself. 
And shadow work's the way that I've actually been able to do that, to go into those moments and be there with people. And that inspires the crap out of me to just be able to go and do that every single day is it's more than I ever could have imagined more than my wildest dreams. Wow. And, and what's your end goal? What's the end goal for all this? To take over the world. Of yeah. Course. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. No, not, not me personally, but shadow work. I feel like we, there's like two camps, right? Like I feel like there's the people who are really like love and light and let's just be in high vibrations. And that is beautiful, but it's also spiritual bypassing. And I think any therapist, I know you're included in this. We understand that we are multifaceted. We are everything and we are nothing at the same time. And because of that, we can't ignore any aspect of the self, which is why the shadow is so powerful. So my mission in life is to make sure everyone knows what shadow work is and how it can change their entire life so that they can learn how to do it for themselves and heal completely. And when we're able to go to that space and just really be raw and vulnerable and let ourselves go to those depths, it changes everything. Yeah. Oh, man. I love um, that face that you said, the spiritual bypassing, right? Like yeah. we can be all you know, like um, positive and, you know, light, like what you said, but then let's not ignore the dark side that needs to be processed, right? It can be scary, but also it's what's freeing, right? Mm -hmm. I think it can be kind of sneaky because I think anything that's too positive, like even positive psychology back when I was focused in the therapy world, it's like, don't go to therapy, just use positive psychology. Just Tell yourself you're fine and your depression that you've had since you were six years old will magically fade. And as, <laughs> as lovely as that sounds, that's not quite how the brain works. That's no. not the way that your neurology is wired. Okay. So we really need to be able to sit with those things and understand how these processes happen in our bodies and how they're connected to our mind. And through that process of understanding the connection, going in and changing that wiring but it's not something that you can do by ignoring it. You can't just wish it away. 100%. And that's the beauty about working with you too. Like you are so well-versed about the, the neurobiology, you know, the brain, the psychology part, and it's, it's based on science as well. Right. So, Absolutely. so that's what I also love about working with you and hearing you talk and then, you know, in your books. So yeah. So thank you. I just want you know, to put that so in there. Funny. Yeah, no, it's really funny. I took such a weird wonky road here. Like I started schooling in advertising and graphic design. And oh, I, I did not up, know that. I know. I didn't I know to, that. I went to FIT when I was in high school doing like nights and weekends taking classes because I was like, I want to be this like amazing graphic designer. And then I started doing it. It was like, let's learn how to trick people. And I was like, I think the fuck not. <laughs> Like, we're not going to do this. So I went to Temple University. And that's how I ended up here. I kept hearing that same thing from my professors. Like, it's all about manipulation and tricking people. And I was like, I can't in good conscience be in that space. So I switched majors. I switched to psychology basically because I didn't know what else to do. And I always was interested in what makes people tick. I think that's why I liked advertising in the first place. I was just coming at it from the wrong angle. And then... This is weird. I've never talked about this on a podcast. Uh, my husband is very nerdy. He's an electrical engineer and his friends also are very nerdy. They're all pharmacists and doctors and they made me feel like I needed to do more. So I signed up to take 
neuroscience classes and to make that my major because I was like, I don't want them to think that I'm lazy and look at what it did. I Everything happens for a reason, right? It made no sense at the time. And yet if I didn't do those things, I wouldn't be here doing the thing that I love more than anything else. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. That is so true. Um, like, uh, Everything happened for a reason, and with, with you know, with that story that you shared, like you went into college, you know, for a whole different major, right? And then, um, and as you were doing that, I mean, I IT and design is is that what it was? You yeah, said? graphic design and graphic advertising design and advertising. Yeah. yeah, and I'm like. I mean, you're good at it. I don't know if you're the one who's doing your, your flyers, right? But I am. I do. I mean, all that still works out for me. I was telling this to my mom the other day. I'm like, I still basically with content creation and doing advertising, graphic design, it just doesn't feel icky because I'm not really selling anything. Like even when I'm talking about my stuff, it never feels like a sale. It just feels like I'm sharing and that's cool. Yeah, definitely. It is definitely cool. Um, and it's like that journey of like going into going into college for something different and still the universe wants you to do what it wants you to do, to be a shadow queen, right? It took a while. It took you to a journey to get to know yourself more, to learn more about neuroscience, right? <laughs> learn about psychology, so you can be where you are now, having all this wisdom, knowledge, and skills, right? So yeah, I thank you for sharing that. I had no <laughs> clue you were in that field. You were going into that field before. I don't talk about it a lot, but I do think it's important because I think there's so much pressure, especially on women to just make it to like finally arrive where you're supposed to go. Like you should just have it all together. And I think when you realize that most people have no idea what they're doing and the road is really windy and circuitous and you don't know what it's going to be, you can trust that the universe is going to nudge you. It's going to just drop things in your path one by one, like breadcrumbs until you find where you're supposed to be. And then you have that aha, everything clicked moment. Yeah. And, and yes, cause it's like the road is not straight. It's winding and you know, you can have all the plans that you want, but if the universe wants you to do something else that's more impactful and powerful, then it's going to take you there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ooh, so, so true. <laughs> so what's your biggest failure and what did you learn from this? Right. Um, and I asked this question because of like that journey that you were in, right? It wasn't yeah. a straight path, right? And, and a lot of successful people I know, or the, even the most popular people in the world, right? Um, they have gone through a lot of failures. So I, I admire you. You're one of my, you know, the people that I really look up to. Um, I want to know, right? What are your biggest failures? Absolutely. I've had so many. I feel like <laughs> that list is long. And like you said, like, uh, it's not the people who succeed are not people who just magically figured it out. They've failed a bunch of times, many, many times. But my favorite failure that I have, and it sounds weird to say that now because it was not my favorite at the time, was getting diagnosed with cancer. So back in 2018, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer and it came completely out of nowhere and shocked the hell out of me. But when I go back and look at the causes of any kind of cancer, which are excess stress, which produces adrenaline and cortisol that sits in your body, like that fight, flight, freeze, or fawn response being activated 24 seven, I've been in an active trauma response for most of my life. Since I was a child, I've had so many traumas happen to me. And the failure in my eyes is the fact that I didn't see it. 
I was so wrapped up in my traumas. They felt normal things that now I look back on and it's like, how were you breathing? Like, how did you get through that? I stayed in that space from the time I was probably around nine years old until I was 29. Like I just couldn't shake it. And because of that, I eventually created a space in my body that cancer could really thrive in. For anybody who hasn't gone into this research before, I do talk about this in my book, but with any kind of autoimmune illness, uh, cancer, any chronic disease or illness, what happens is there's a nature nurture component. Genetically, you're predisposed in some way or another, but the thing that turns the switch on for your epigenetics, like the thing that kind of flips it into gear is stress. And if your stress is high and you have that adrenaline and cortisol pumping all the time, and you are always inflamed internally, it makes it so that all these chronic illnesses can kind of breed and they can grow inside your body. So while that was my biggest failure in so many ways, I worked as a psychotherapist for 10 years and then realized like, Hey, something is wrong and was diagnosed with cancer. I should have known that beforehand. Like when you think about it, I literally had a career helping people work through stress to make it go away. I had my own therapist to help me work through stress and make it go away. And I wasn't going deep enough. But like everything else that I've said, all these failures lead to our successes. It wasn't until I had cancer and I went into like the worst moments of my life where I had to question my mortality really question what it was that I'd done up to this point to make it so that cancer could thrive in my body. It wasn't until that diagnosis that I realized what my purpose was and was able to kind of flip everything around. That was my biggest and best failure for sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and it's, and you said something about like, um, you realized during that time, right? At the midst of all of that, right? It's like, it, you're not going deep enough, right? And and that's what you do with your, you know, in your work, in your line of work, like you go deep with your clients, with your patients, right? Yeah. Um, but then you realize that, oh man, I've created a body that um, allows stress to to grow and create this cancer, mm -hmm. right? It was and, normal for me. It was like just my normal everyday life was just stress. And yeah. that felt so normal that I didn't realize it was abnormal. Yeah, it was so familiar. Like you're so familiar with mm -hmm. it. Yeah, and then um, and then you you know you weren't. How, who helped you go deep, right? Deeper, like who 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 got you there? Like yeah, tell me I that journey. Speak about her in my book. I had okay. a mentor. Her name was mm -hmm. Allison Kelsey. Mm -hmm. She was this amazing woman in the UK. Um, I don't know. It's funny because just like with a therapist, like when you're working with somebody, like you have an idea in your head of who they are and what they're doing. And I don't know how much I meant to her, but she meant everything to me because she was oh. the person who saved me. And she introduced me to shadow work and she taught me everything about the practice. She helped me through it. She brought me to spaces I never imagined that I could ever go to. And she held me while I cried and made me realize it was okay to be vulnerable. And that that stress that I'd been feeling for so long was not normal. It was just energy trapped in my body. And it wasn't until her that I could see it. So I owe her everything. I actually dedicated my book to her in the very beginning. It says it, but yeah, she passed away about a year ago and it's still like, I feel like I have a hole in my heart because of it. She was everything. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh that that's, 
That's so beautiful and and you know and 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 so touching like how you like you brought her up into this conversation that is that is my que- next question right um how did you first become interested in in shadow work um and uh, yeah and through it's through this mentor you well, said partially yeah i think it was oh, one okay. of those things where you know, like when you're taking psychology classes in college, it's a very broad subject. There's so many different areas and different perspectives and viewpoints. Like you'll have professors who love one view. Like you'll have very Freudian professors who are like psychoanalysis is everything. And we really need to focus in that space and learn everything about Freud. And then you'll have other people who are more on like the Eric Erickson train of thought. But I remember learning about Carl Jung and finding him. Oh, fascinating. Yeah. yeah. I found his work fascinating because yeah. the things that he was saying for some reason just kind of clicked in my head. They made sense to me. I could understand it. Um, the different animas and talking about the shadow and the collective unconscious. I totally felt like it resonated, but then you move on and you have other professors and you learn other things. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until after graduate school, after being in the field for years and having Allison step in where she started talking about the shadow. And I was like, wait, I know this. I know this. I learned about it somewhere. So uh-huh. I went back to my old textbooks and I started oh reading them again uh-huh. and going through it and falling in love with shadow work. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Like, um, I, I, you just brought me back to where I was too. Like at that point when I, when I was in grad school and we were talking about existentialism, Carl Jung, I'm like, oh, cool, cool. All that. I wasn't <laughs> resonating with it. Right. Yeah. I was so freaking logic, like coming from like, you know, like I was a medic and everything is just like black and white. Right. Always. And I was just like getting into mental health field and it's not black and white. And I remember hearing about Carl Jung, existentialism and all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> and then. Yeah, and then um, and you're the person, right, who really opened up that field for me when you're dis- when you were describing how Allison, your Allison, right, like like held your hand and guided you into this areas where, in you know, like you're you're you know, you're, it's the first time for you. Like I, that's how I felt like when I was in your program in your shadow work program. I'm like, I like Danielle. I love Danielle, and I know she's somebody that I would let me guide me through something that I'm so freaking unfamiliar with. Right? I had no clue what I'm getting myself into, but I trusted you, and I was like, I'm gonna. And it was, again, I'm telling you, it's the best one of the best experience I've had in 2020 when the world seemed like it's falling apart. Right? Yeah. So much for that. It really means a lot. And I think something that was lacking for me that Carl Jung didn't do, which really in the 1800s, it wasn't part of the way that people in psychology really viewed mental health. And just to give a background for anybody, I actually taught child development and abnormal psychology at Penn State University. And one of the things I would teach about is like these founding fathers of psychology. And at the time that they were coming up with a lot of these theories and ideas, you didn't need research. You didn't need to prove yourself. All you needed was MD at the end of your name. So people like Sigmund Freud and Eric Erickson and also Carl Jung could come up with a theory that they believed it in their gut was true. And then they would just start testing it on humans without any basis for it, without any research, nothing. And so sometimes the things that they came up with are just 
bullshit. And sometimes they're really wonderful. Like they were onto something. So when I started doing shadow work, especially when I came out with my book, Shadow Work, the most important thing for me was to actually tie it back to the science and go, there is theory here. There is scientific proof of this. We can show it in the brain and here's how. So I really wanted to be that bridge between it and merge the science and the spirituality so they could exist together in a way that makes the people who need those hard facts have the proof, but also taking that leap of faith to trust themselves going into it because it is a really intense, big practice, but anybody can do it. Yeah. So you mean to say penis envy is bullshit? I mean, I think that's real. If you look at everything that no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, Oedipus complexes. Right? <laughs> I used to love teaching about those in class because you have like a bunch of like 17 and 18 year old freshmen who are like away from their parents for the first time. And I'm like, let's talk about the Oedipus complex and send me and everybody's like, <laughs> on the floor we have to pick them back up <laughs> i do oh miss you professor for that reason it was oh my god you're probably such a fun fun professor like i think so Ray, my professor says so so i think <laughs> i think the kids liked me <laughs> but no that is so important bridging science and spirituality right mm -hmm. and and that's that's uh that's a very like nowadays it's what we need right? Like bridging the science and spirituality together and, and take that leap of faith. So yeah. All right. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Um, so if your life could take a radical turn, what would that look like? Okay. If I could, I thought about this question because you asked me this ahead of time so I could prep because this is a big one. And what I think would be really cool would be to be a full-time author where like all I'm doing is really putting out books and getting to focus so much time on that. That would be a radical turn for me because right now I'm doing a lot of work with clients and getting to spend time with my groups. And that's amazing. And I love, 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 love doing it. But if I could be a full-time author, I just feel like I could have this impact that spreads out everywhere. And I do have women who I'm training in my shadow work certification course, which is not gender specific. Anybody can sign up for it. It just so happens that this round has five women in it, but eventually I want them to be me and I want them to just take over doing shadow work and spreading it and letting people understand what it is while I just like pump out books from the middle of nowhere, like preferably in Maui or maybe in San Diego in my beautiful apartment with my kids and my husband, that's the dream. And uh, I really hope I get there. I don't want to get there too soon because I'm having fun right now. But maybe by the time I'm like 50, that could be super fun. Yeah, I don't think that's radical at all. I think that's going to happen for real. I, well, could I love to manifest. Let's make yeah. that real. <laughs> I mean, I, I could totally, uh, yeah, like I have no doubt that um, I, I, as you're talking about that, I can definitely picture you being a full-time author and having your um soldiers is not the right word um but you know but your other queens my shadow seekers that's what i call you guys yeah. my shadow seekers yeah and the like people who are ready yeah mm -hmm. continue the work that you do right and do that group work and stuff like that while you you know do travel and talk about your book right do keynote speaking oh by the way she's like she was a keynote at our wellness conference this past year so like yeah i could totally totally see that um 
And yeah, I mean, well, help hold that vision for me. Everybody listening to this, by the time that I'm 50, I want to be in my apartment somewhere in a most magical, beautiful space, writing books and creating levels of healing that just ripple out everywhere. That's oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We're we're holding space for you on that and it will manifest. It's yes, definitely it happening. Yeah. <laughs> So tell me, what's your way of showing up for yourself every single day? You know, you're having this event called Selfish Philly, right? Mm -hmm. Love, love the name. Um, and I love the concept of this conference. I was there last year. I was there during the, um, the, the, during the 2020, 2020, right? When you first had it online. Yeah, so, 2020 was virtual. 2021 yeah. was the first in person. Yes, um, I was there on both times and I will be there again this year so I'm join me the girls yeah join me so 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 you know tell us um how do you show up for yourself every single day Daniel? absolutely ever since cancer my whole view on self-care has completely changed because self-care is not surface level to me it really is deep healing and allowing myself to be vulnerable and to cry and to have experiences that shift me and sometimes it's surface level, like sometimes it could just be a bath with some music on, but I really do make time for that every single day and practice what I preach. So a normal day for me is going to include at least three to four self-care opportunities, whether it's waking up early to meditate before anybody else wakes up. So I can just have some time to really drop in and check in on what my soul needs and how I can move through things. I make sure that I leave large pockets of time during the day to do nothing literally nothing, nothing planned, nothing strategized ahead of time, because I do have so many different facets to my business. It's easy to just focus on productivity. And that is not what I'm trying to do anymore. That's not the way that I want to live my life because that creates chaos and stress internally. So I will do something like go take a bath. I'll listen to binaural beats. I'll get a Reiki session done, whatever I feel like I'll get a facial, something that is just going to allow me to turn my head off and be fully embodied and in the present moment. And then of course, you know, I'm doing shadow work that has to happen, but that's not constant. That'll be something that I'll do like once a week. And then the rest of the time, I'll usually do Kundalini yoga, which I do offer within my group practice at, yeah, <laughs> at uh, my Create Your Light Academy. And that for me has been a really powerful experience because it's a meditative practice that doesn't require a lot of movement. Like when we think yoga, we think you have to like get up and stretch and move. This is really like yoga for your mind and your energy. So Kundalini yoga for me is a non-negotiable. It's something that I do every single day. So all these different practices, um, acupuncture is something that I do all the time. I'm obsessed with acupuncture. Anything that really is going to allow me to just drop in and be fully present. When I was doing all that research for the book and even before that about shadow work, the thing that creates that chaotic spin in our lives is either being future focused or being past focused. Future focused is anxiety where we're really worried about what's to come. And we have so much anxious energy trying to wrap our heads around what is going to happen to us. And then we prepare. And then the past focused stuff is depression. It's ruminating thoughts. It's revisiting moments where you felt embarrassed or ashamed or guilty and just beating yourself up internally about those. If you can find a way to not be in the future or the past and to just be fully here in this present moment, even if it's for five minutes a day, you are healing. You are doing something 
magical for yourself. And I cannot recommend that more than and more than enough. It's something that every single one of us should be learning from the time that we're little kids to do every day. Yeah, that's why it's called a present, right? The present is a gift. It's a yeah. gift. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. Yeah. Um, and you touch on something there about, you know, a lot of us, especially women, um, are always doing, doing, doing. And we have a, an endless to-do list. Um, and whether we were programmed or we saw examples of other women doing that, right? Um, we need a space for doing nothing, just like what you said, yeah. right? A and lot this is the hardest thing. Yeah, and it's, it's hard. hard. To do that? That's crazy. We're taught to be productive. And as women, yeah. we usually have twice the load. We have the load for if we have children, we have to take care of everything for them as if we are um, like not even working moms, like just fully stay-at-home moms, fully present, or even the stay-at-home moms, like that has to be something you do effortlessly. It has to be perfect. And at the same time, we're expected to also show up in every other facet of our life. So for me, I've got a conference, I've got a book, I've got a company that I run. I have three courses that I'm running at the same time. I'm a content creator on social media on multiple platforms, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok with big followings, which you're supposed to be posting on every single day and some of them multiple times a day. How do you do all of that? And for me, it really is about throwing all that stuff out and being like for an hour or two hours, I do nothing. No phone calls, no emails, no thinking about any of that stuff. And it doesn't matter if I didn't get stuff done. If I missed something, if it didn't go well, I don't give a shit. That time is mine because I will never, ever let myself get sick again. And there's nothing Aww. important in my health. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, and it's, yeah. I agree 100%. Um, we only have one body. We only have one health. If we lose that, then we can't do any of those productive work that we've been so worried about, right? And our <laughs> self-worth is not attached to our productivity. Not at right? all. And you're, you're going to laugh when I say this, but we're going to just come back in our next lifetime and have to do it all over again. So what does it really matter? Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> so and so for anybody who doesn't know this past lives are a huge part of shadow work. Yes. Something mm -hmm. that Majette and I have done before. Yeah. So it's like, if you don't fix it here, if you don't change your relationship to your body, your work, your energy to the earth, you're just going to have to come back and do it all over again, because it'll be a karmic loop that you're stuck in. So don't take things too seriously. The emails can wait. And the productivity, nobody's going to be standing there when you pass on going like, you were really productive. Great job. That's not going to happen. <laughs> right. You're going to have to come back and do it all over. So you might as well fix it now. Yeah. What a great reminder. Um, and it, it also how you spoke about like uh, the self-care of like the surface and also the deep work, but you don't always have to do it like that all the time. Right? No, you that's unsustainable. One or the other. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you opened me up to Kundalini yoga. Um, yeah, I remember, I love you know, practice. yeah, uh, you opened, you, oh, I've heard about it, never really tried it. And then you opened me up to that and I was like, oh, um, and then you know, I started practicing it, you know, started with the Satnam and then the Hud Hud, you know, it was a, it was a, um, an event that you hosted and I just attended, it was online. And I was like, oh my God, this feels really good. And and then I started practicing it. And now my daughter, you know, who's nine is practicing it as well I with me. I saw that social media post. I was so excited. Yeah. So, <laughs> so thank you for that. Um, 
So, all right. So, what are three unique skills? I feel like you're so talented. You're so you have so many gifts, right? Um, what are three unique skills that help you become successful? I'm giggling as my kids literally tell me all the time that I'm like literally like I can do nothing. <laughs> like, mom, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I feel like the three things that have made me most successful, and this one's probably obvious, but the first one is grit. You're going to fail when you try to do anything. You're always going to fail Mm -hmm. and it's going to hurt. It's going to really break your heart. It's going to make you question yourself. That doesn't matter. It was never about that because that was always a part of the process. Can you get up again? Can you try again? Can you fail six more times? Can you take a bunch of rejection and can you keep moving? I think that's where shadow work has been really helpful for me, but grit is the most important skill that I have that I hope everybody else listening either finds within themselves or wants to find within themselves because we all have that capability. I think the second one is my ability to change. I think especially coming from like, I'm in my thirties, we grew up in a generation where we had to adapt a lot and things had to shift and move, but not as much as the kids who are growing up right now go through. Like they were growing up with computers in their hands, knowing how to access technology, understanding the backbeat of social dynamics. So for me, being able to tap into some of that and being willing to learn, because I know that I don't know everything and I never will. I'm always open to be a student and go, okay, I can change. I can learn. I can grow with the different technologies that are out there. Like even when I started my psychotherapy practice back in, it was 2012 that I opened the doors. Mm -hmm. And at the time when I was going into private practice, the way to advertise was like, talking to doctors and getting on their referral list and finding a psychiatrist that you could cross refer to. Nowadays, the way to get clients, if you're a therapist, is social media because people want to know their therapist. And a lot of the people who I see having trouble are the ones who aren't willing to make the switch. They won't make that jump over, but that goes for any profession. You have to be able to shift with it. I got on TikTok before everybody else. It was me and a bunch of kids and Gary Vaynerchuk and like he was the one who was saying like just be here like I know it seems weird but like you're not going to regret it I don't regret it for a second because like, I, I got to understand that platform yeah. and to understand how to use the tools before anybody else showed up and I got a big following because I was one of the ones who was there on the early side so you have to be willing to change and adapt and then I think the third one is that I do things scared I don't care if I'm not ready I don't care if I'm not qualified I just show up and hope that it's going to work itself out and have a little bit of faith. This came up with the Selfish Philly Conference. I had no business throwing a conference. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. That was insane. I had no party planning experience. I didn't know that many people. I was a mom of two kids who just had cancer. So I wasn't like out on the town meeting people to like network with for a conference like that. I just had a vision and I had a feeling. And so I did it and I invested a lot of money into it, hoping that I would get it back and knowing that there was a really good chance I wouldn't. And I'm so glad that I took that leap and I do everything that way. I always do it scared. And that's one of the things I tell my Create Your Light Academy women, my shadow seekers all the time, do it scared. If you're scared, that's your gut, your ego telling you this is a moment for radical change. 
It's not a negative thing. It's just a moment that you're going to create a disruption inside of your bodily systems and you will adjust. So go for it. I love it. Grit, change, do it scared. Hmm? Uh, I, That's I, my secret formula. Uh, yeah, and that, you know, grit plus changeless, do it scared equals success. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Oh. At least for me it was. Oh, oh I mean, it, it's so true. It is so true. I mean, change is the only constant thing, right? And you need yeah. to adapt to it. And, you know, and showing up, even though you're scared or you're not sure, but showing up is the first step, right? And everything will work out, right? Or mm -hmm. fail, but then at the end- And of that's the day, okay. That's and it's a okay. lesson. Yes. And that makes you gritty. Yes, that's that makes you because you're going to get up again and you're going to do it again, right? That's right. It's kind of cyclical in that way. <laughs> oh, oh, it's so lovely. Danielle, you are just an amazing human being and a lot of people admire you. Um, I admire you. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot from you, not just through the program, but just by watching you. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and, and it's like, uh, I learned from you too. It's a big thing that you brought up today, like how to give yourself space and do nothing and how to less, you know, like um, cut down some of the work that doesn't bring you joy. And when we first met, I was doing so many shit, right? So many things, putting my- <laughs> When we first my, met, I was too. I think we met pre all of this stuff. So yes, you were with me yeah. for the beginning. You were there too. And you know, and look at you, look at where you are now, right? And it's like, and and it, you got to where you are now because of the deep work, right? The grit, the you know, adjusting to the change, and you know, and showing up scared, right? And um, and it's it's really incredible what you're putting out there, um, what you have coming up. You know, she got a book coming up. Pre-order it. I pre-ordered mine. So you know, make sure that you grab that because um, there's a lot of great knowledge wisdom um that you're going to get from danielle there too so thank you yeah we're going deep into the science and spirituality bridge that we were talking about earlier in that book anybody who's unsure of how to do shadow work you're going to walk away knowing exactly how to do it plus you already have started because i'm going to force you to start the practice while you're reading it's powerful Ooh. everything i ever wanted so I do hope everybody gets a copy. And if you pre-order it, you get a free ticket to the virtual release party. We're going to be doing some live shadow work and Kundalini yoga. So it's going to be a blast. Oh, nice. And yeah. when is that going to be? When is the party going to be? On the date of the book's release, which is September 20th, less than two months nice. away. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's going to be successful without a doubt. Thank so, you. well, before we end this, I have a few rapid fire questions for you. Is that okay? Ready. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> All right. So who is a famous person that you would like to meet, dead or alive? Oh, okay. Kim Kardashian, 100%. Really? That's brilliant. Why? Wait, because she it's has turned something life. out of nothing and everybody doubted her. Everyone has looked at her like she was worthless and she wasn't intelligent and she has proved everybody wrong. Kim Kardashian every time. Yes. That's amazing. Okay. Where would you rather be right now? Where are the options? Oh, no, it's up to you. It's like anywhere in life? You could be anywhere. Anywhere. Okay. Yeah, anywhere. A place or in life that mm -hmm. you would rather be right now. Okay. So three answers there because I would be okay with any of the three. I'm obsessed with Colorado Springs because I love hiking and being <laughs> outdoors and they have a lot of, I like hiking 14ers because I'm uh, very avid into hiking, which is random. Uh, Maui my favorite place it's so beautiful it's close i could to live the there 
Oh my God. I can live we there. We should start a retreat, please. <laughs> and then the other place is um, probably the place that I will end up one day is San Diego. I can yeah. tell in my bones that I've had a past life there. It just feels like home when I'm in La Jolla in particular. Every time I'm there, it just gives me that feeling of nostalgia. So any one of those three, you drop me there and I'm good to go. I love it. Oh, I will go to all those three places too. So yeah. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> all right. What's your superpower? Oh, if I could have any superpower, I would want to just be somewhere immediately. I don't want to have to wait. <laughs> like, like if we're like, let's go to Maui, like I want to just teleport to Maui right now. <laughs> That's a good one. I've never heard that before. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine just waking up and being like, I'm in Tulum now? <laughs> oh, that would be amazing. You don't have to worry about checking in your luggages. You don't have to worry about canceled flights. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would like to, I would like to teleport, please. <laughs> there you go. What's your weakness though? What's your quick tonight? Oh, okay. My kryptonite is criticism. I, this is where a lot of my trauma comes from. And it stems from a lot of my family relationships with my dad in particular. He comes from a family that was very hard on him in a very toxic and abusive way. A lot of personality disorder stuff. And that filtered its way down to me. So when I hear criticism from someone that I love, it feels like I'm getting like a dagger through my heart. I'm getting better with it because of shadow work, but, um, and criticism from random people is totally different. Like if someone come up to me and they're like, okay, like I hate your TikTok content. I'm like, okay, have a nice day. I don't really care. It's just when I love the person, it kills me. Definitely my kryptonite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, well, this has been so amazing, Danielle. I mean, I could talk to, to you for hours. Yeah. I know, I feel like we can just keep going. We need to cut this off. <laughs> I know, I always have like a follow-up. I'm like, I, I can't, I you can't. You don't have time, time for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, what's your last message before we say adios to our listeners? Okay, my last message before we say goodbye is that whatever it is that you are dreaming of doing that you've been holding onto and hesitating on, stop hesitating. Somebody else is going to do it first and you're going to be so mad that you didn't just jump on it. Take the leap of faith and do it. Maybe you'll fail. Maybe you won't, but you have to try. I love it. Thank you so much. And with that, we say bye-bye. See you later, folks. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening. We hope to see you at our upcoming events. Go to divagirltribe.com or follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Diva Girl Tribe. Become a member and join our Diva Girl 411 Facebook group.